Welcome to episode 90 of My Circus, My Monkeys. In the last episode, the question I posed is where is your energy going? Why? Because your energy is your most valuable resource. And if it's not being directed at the right things, you're literally wasting it. This week's question is what are you responsible for? And what I really mean is what are you actually responsible for versus all the things you add to your plate that really belong to other people? If you feel the weight of too many responsibilities, you'll want to listen to this episode. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Now, before we start dissecting what you're responsible for, let's explore this idea of responsibility itself. I'm no wordologist, so let's keep it simple. Boiled down to a nutshell. Wait, is that even a phrase? In a nutshell, being responsible is an obligation or duty to do something. If you fulfill said obligation then you are a responsible person. Now, those are common definitions, but there's also the Gallup talent theme of responsibility. The two-sentence theme summary is, people exceptionally talented in responsibility take psychological ownership of what they say they will do. They are committed to stable values such as honesty and loyalty. Now, even if you don't have the talent theme, you can absolutely be a responsible person. All it takes is for you to do the things that you say you will, including things like what's listed in your job description. The folks with the talent theme responsibility are just really good at embracing that obligation and making it happen. That means if someone with responsibility says they will do something, they have to do it because they said they would. They now psychologically own that thing and must make it happen. Now, back to energy for a hot second. If you have a limited amount of energy every day, and if you don't have the right systems in place, you can very easily waste it on the things that aren't helping you get where you want to go. So if your current system or habits involve you taking on things outside the scope of your responsibility, you need to understand that every time you take on something that's not your responsibility, it takes you away from accomplishing your goals and perhaps even being aligned with your values. Now, part of the problem might very well be that you're unclear on what your goals and values are. When you don't know, it's incredibly easy to get distracted by other things. So let's talk about your goals. What do you want or need to accomplish at work? What do you want or need to accomplish at home? What do you want or need to accomplish just for you? And by accomplish, I don't necessarily mean a list of tasks. Sure, Maybe you want to get retention up 2% or increase student success with whatever, but what about leaving work on time so you can see your kid's baseball game, having enough energy to spend on hobbies, 
or find a new job that you can do all of these things and more. Think about the values that go along with those goals. If family is something that you value, how do all these extra responsibilities impact your ability to be present with your family? Perhaps giving back to the community is a value of yours. You might feel like doing additional things at work fulfills that value, but it might also be keeping you from giving back to the larger communities in ways that you feel passionate about. There are plenty of values that are congruent with doing quality work at work, but is there a point when they overshadow the other values that you have? Each responsibility you take on requires energy to fulfill it. Now, if doing blank helps you achieve your goal and is congruent with your values, then it might very well be a good use of that energy. Now, side note, definitely check out other episodes to make sure you're staying in your strength zone to achieve those goals. But all too often, folks, especially those folks with the talent responsibility theme, take on responsibilities that they are not actually responsible for. Let me say that again. There is an above average chance that some of the things on your plate do not belong to you. Some may have been given to you by other people, but even when you account for those, there are still far too many that you have chosen for yourself. And when that happens, you suddenly have a ton of extra stuff on your plate that drains your energy, increases your stress, and makes it more difficult for you to achieve your goals. Let me give you an example from my own life. Full disclosure, I do not have responsibility as a talent theme, but I think that this example will help you understand that this can happen to any of us. My dad wanted to sell his car. Neither of my parents are active online, so they asked if I would post it on Facebook. I'd listed a few things for them before, and it wasn't much trouble, so I was happy to help. However, that's not what happened this time. The demand for used cars was so high, I immediately got hit by dozens of messages asking about it. At first, I was surprised, but figured he'd sell it quickly. But as with many used cars, there were some issues, and the people with whom I'd set up meetings would leave without buying the car. This whole thing very quickly started stressing me out. I was spending so much energy on the car, it was hard to focus on the things that I needed to do for the business. People kept messaging me, often repeatedly if I didn't get back to them immediately. I was trying to balance scheduling with getting back to folks and doing my own stuff, and it wasn't working. Finally, I was like, WTF, how did this become my responsibility? I was angry, so I decided I would just give out my dad's phone number and cut me out of the process as much as possible. Well, here's the thing. I got myself all worked up and spent a load of time and energy on it, but it was never actually my responsibility to begin with. I just assumed what my role should be and took it on. When I dramatically announced I was just going to start giving people their number, their response was, okay, sounds good. And at first, that made me angry too. But then I realized all they'd asked me to do was post it. I took a bunch of stuff on myself. We'll talk about why I did this in a minute. But first, let's do a work example. I have a friend I used to work with. We were in different departments, but it was a small campus, so we were often in committees together. I cannot tell you how many meetings we were in 
where my friend volunteered for more work, even though she was already pretty much maxed out. In all of these situations, the group had either decided it would be beneficial to do something, but no one said they'd do it right away, or the group kept going round and round about what they should do. In the first scenario, my friend would just volunteer to do that thing. In the second scenario, she'd announce what the group should do and then volunteer to do it. Sometimes I could even count down to when she'd take over and decide to volunteer. There were a few times when it did actually make sense for her to take something on because it fell within the scope of her department. But that's not what drove her decisions. Maybe these examples have reminded you of times you've taken on things that maybe really weren't your responsibility, at least not directly. So why do we do this? Why would someone voluntarily take on something extra when they're already so stressed and overwhelmed? If you'd ask my friend, she'd say she didn't volunteer at all, but rather she did what was necessary for the students. If you asked me, before I got overwhelmed and pissed off, I would have said it was easier because my dad didn't have access to Facebook, and even if he did, it would require me explaining Facebook to him. Part of the problem is most of us were never taught how to set appropriate and healthy boundaries. And when that happens, the lines between what's my responsibility and what's yours suddenly becomes very blurry. So what's the cost of all this? Well, for you, and sometimes me, it means more things that distract you from your own goals and objectives. All those things drain your energy, so you can't apply it where you most need it. It also means more stress for you and probably your team. Things are going to be pushed back. The time and energy you could be using to support and develop your team is now gone. Now, the other cost that most people don't think about is that you are keeping others from living up to their responsibilities and preventing meaningful change from happening. If you do blank, either because Susie is dropping the ball or because there's a new initiative that hadn't previously been factored into anybody else's job, you've both distorted the data and removed any urgency for administration to fix the real problem, whether that be hiring new people, fixing dysfunctional systems, reorganizing departments or staff, or holding someone accountable and perhaps firing them. When you're assessing what you're responsible for, the question is never, does this need to get done? Lots of things need to get done, but that does not make it your responsibility. The question also isn't, will this impact me if it's not done? For example, say admissions is always behind on applications, so that makes it difficult for you and your folks to get new students registered in time for class. Could you just decide to either help get the applications processed or even take over the process altogether? Sure. And would it solve that particular problem? Absolutely. But it also creates new problems, right? Who's going to do all of your work now that you're doing their work? What's that? No one? You're just going to have to work harder and longer? Yes, that's exactly my point. That harder and longer is going to eventually wear you down. But even before that happens, it's going to impact the quality of your work. I've talked with many people in coaching, and when I suggest that they start doing less, 
One of the things they most always say is, I can't just not give 100%. And my response is always, and what's the quality of your 100% right now? Doing a reasonable amount of work means valuing quality over quantity. And just to be clear, this means the quality of your decisions too. Bad decisions almost always mean more work later for you and your team, if not other people on campus. Ah, but what about the students? They're the ones who will suffer if this doesn't get done. Might they be inconvenienced? Sure. Might they complain and have their parents call and complain? Yes. Might they even decide to withdraw from your institution? Yes, some might. But here's the thing. When you don't let other people or systems fail, there's nothing to let administrators know that there's a problem. Students complaining, parents complaining, and low retention numbers are what moves change quickly. And also to be clear, you telling people that there's a problem or that you're exhausted and can't keep doing this does not have the same impact. Why? Because students are now getting what they need at your expense. Even if your supervisor thinks you are amazing and genuinely wants to help, you managing to do everything just proves to those that are higher up that you can do everything. Until they get your two weeks notice on their desk, they're not gonna work very fast, if at all, to resolve the problem. Why should they? The squeaky wheel gets the grease, and unfortunately, students, parents, and the bottom line are the loudest squeakers. Let things and people and other departments fail. Stop volunteering. The success and wellness of every student cannot possibly be your responsibility. As they say, it takes a village, and in this particular case, the village is the entire college and university. Yes, do your part and do it well, but for you to do your part well, you cannot divert all your energy to other things in other areas. And if other parts of the village aren't working correctly, they need to be fixed so the entire organization functions properly. Now, might you temporarily pitch in for a short period of time? Sure. But only if there's a firm deadline and a solution in place. Say somebody quits in your department. Will you and your team have to cover until someone else is hired? Yes. But what if you're told they can't be replaced? Should you keep doing all of their work indefinitely? Only if you want to guarantee they won't get replaced. If you and your team do everything with one less person, why the bleep would they bother hiring someone? As much as I'd love to be wrong, right now, most institutions care about you in terms of your output, not your well-being. Even well-meaning supervisors who genuinely are trying to help you get the support you need may not be able to because you have greased the squeaky wheel with your and possibly your team's blood, sweat, and tears. Now, many of you might still be thinking, I hear what you're saying, Anne, but that's a no for me. I still believe I should be a team player and pitch in to make sure everything necessary gets done for any student who crosses my path, literally and figuratively. Or, that's a no for me because if I don't do these things, I'll get fired, or the institution will lose students and I'll get laid off. In both of those situations, I would say you probably have some stories and beliefs that aren't working for your benefit. 
unless you enjoy overwhelming amounts of work and that aligns with your goals and values. Because saying yes to things that aren't actually your responsibility will just mean you get more and more work. It is a myth that people will see how hard you're working and finally reward you for it, at least not in proportion to the amount of work that you are doing. So as you're thinking about the things that you have on your plate, start going through and asking yourself, is this really my responsibility or did I take it on for another reason? Maybe because you're unclear about your own goals and values. Maybe you lacked healthy boundaries. Maybe you have stories that are getting in your way. Maybe your talents are showing up as weaknesses. Once you know that, go back and address the core issues so it doesn't keep happening. Become clear on your goals and your values. Set healthy boundaries. Upgrade your stories. Better manage your talents. Then, if possible, get rid of all the things you volunteered for that belong to someone else even if you don't know exactly who that someone else is. And finally, create a system for future situations that give you time to think about whether or not you should volunteer for something or agree to a request. Maybe your system is something like you always take at least an hour before deciding whether or not to volunteer. During that time, ask yourself, am I really responsible for blank? If no, let it go. If you say yes, or, well, sort of, think about your goals and values. Does this responsibility align with them, or might it actually be getting in your way? Now, even if you say no, you might still feel guilty or an impulse to say yes anyway. If that's the case, think about the story that's going on in your head that's making you feel that way. Think of an alternative story that's going to allow you to turn down the request or keep you from volunteering. If you'd like to know more about how to reduce your stress, maximize your energy, and improve your systems, join us this summer for the Supervisor Strengths Institute. Alicia and I are particularly proud of the Institute. It's an eight-week program that combines online learning with group and individual coaching to really support supervisors of all levels so they can become more effective and less stressed. We start on May 31st with our first group call, The Institute runs until July 26, so just in time for you to start prepping for the fall semester. Don't let next year be a repeat of this one. You can get more information and register at www.strengthsuniversity.org backslash Supervisor Strengths Institute. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. 
We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.